everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. PK, nice enough to sit in for Gordo today. Of course, uh, catch PK every single morning alongside D- David James from 6 to 10. Although, how many uh, how many years have you two been doing it now, total? We started in 47. 47 years? No, 1947. It's a big deal when, when uh, Brooklyn signed uh, Jackie Robinson. No, but what year did you start? At the the zone, uh, oh, you were almost one of the original members in 2002. Uh, yeah, our show was about uh, two, three months after Ian Furness and Bowler Jack and Monson. I was on the first week multiple times because Ian didn't have a partner, and they wanted to bring me in to like send the message to management that I could do this. So I did that. Uh, so anyway, my point being is that DJ and PK, of course, have been doing this forever, and I'm guessing that uh, most everybody we talk to knows about you guys by now. But, you know, might as well give you the plug. 6 to 10 every single morning here on the Zone Radio Network. Uh, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine shipping. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, he's the color analyst for the Cal Broadcast. We welcome him back to the big show. He is Mike Pulaski. Hi, Matt. Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Hey, we are doing terrific. Excited to do a little preview of the Utes and the Bears. And, it, you know, you, you just look at what they've done this year, and you can tell, Mike, it's been a, uh, kind of a two-story season. They get that 4-0 start, and then the last three games have not gone as well. Can it simply be boiled down to the quarterback injury, or is there other stuff going on? Well, that's a huge part of it. Um, you know, Chase Garbers had really just hit his stride at quarterback. I think for a while he was kind of playing tight, thinking, you know, when you have a defensive head coach and you're a quarterback sometimes, you think, you know, don't turn it over, don't turn it over. And so you can't really open up your game. Well, I think he had just gotten through that mentality, and he played great versus Ole Miss. I mean, really good. And as a former quarterback myself, it was fantastic to see him play that way. And then he came back versus Arizona State, and he started off, his numbers were 9 for 12, but really two of those, if the – receivers weren't wearing pads it would have pierced their heart they just dropped them and then the last one was a contested fade ball so really if if that contested fade ball is caught and the other two balls which should have been caught he would have been 12 for 12 before he goes down with the injury so he had just started playing it just extremely well and so that's a huge part of it anytime you know you lose your quarterback at that point it's trouble but they've also had a ton of injuries uh, on the offensive line especially, they lost two guys before the season ever started. And then they lost two more during the season. So at times during the season, they've been playing with four backups on the offensive line. And then uh, they also lost a receiver. They've had some other guys go down. They've had injuries on defense. And so the injury bug has really hit the Bears hard this year. Yeah, it has. And I recall watching that game against the Sun Devils, and it seems like their season crumbled right at the feet of Herm Edwards because that's where Garbers went down, and and uh, Herm immediately signaled to the training staff to get over because he knew what happened. Monster comes in. They have a drive to where it was, was it 14 plays? But it was all runs. And then the Devils decided, hey, we're just going to put everybody up in the line of scrimmage and in the box and – I'm surprised. My point is, though, I'm surprised that the offense hasn't improved since Monster took over 
midway through because I think it was was it late first half that that Chase went down. Yeah, late first half. I was right before halftime. Yeah, right. And so I would even with the injuries, I would think there'd be some form of improvement. Well, you know, you'd hope so. The the part of the problem is that when your offensive line is injured, you end up without protection. You're you're unable to run the football. And so if you can't run the football and teams can really hone in on the pass, like you said, Herb put everybody up on the line of scrimmage, and that was it. And so if your Bears can't run it, they also can't throw it, it makes it hard for the offense. One of the toughest things to do in football, and I think I've talked to you guys about this before, I have um, a training instructional site uh, online called EliteAthletesTV.com where we work with the greatest coaches from the greatest sports around the world, um, and we train young athletes. And we're actually launching that this week. So anybody at home who's looking to improve their game, uh, EliteAthletesTV.com. But as a young quarterback, the hardest thing to do is to come into a game as a backup. And it's maybe the toughest thing in sports because you're not playing at game speed. Everybody else is at game speed, and it makes it really tough. But once you move into taking starter snaps during the week, you need to become a starter. Um, It just makes it way harder with an offensive line who – can't really get the run game going and doesn't protect well in the pass. You know, last week versus Oregon State, Cal gave up nine sacks. Some of those were on the offensive line, some on the running backs, and a couple of them on the quarterback for moving into pressure. But when you have that going on back there as a quarterback who's just stepping in to fill a role, it just makes it really tough. Mike Pulaski is with us, a color analyst for the Cal broadcast here on 97.5 and, uh, and 1280 The Zone. Mike, uh, talk a little bit about um, uh, the linebacker, Evan Weaver, and I'm just pulling up his stats now. I mean, 15 total tackles a game, 105 total tackles already on the season. Is this kid as special as his uh, stats would indicate? He really is. He's a player that believes that he is going to make the play on every single snap. Uh, when you watch him play, he just plays the ferocity. And I go back to, uh, all the way back to Steve Entman, if you guys remember him. As a defensive lineman, Entman literally thought he was going to make every play. And he had the highest motor that I had ever seen at that position. He just never quit. You, you know, some guys will jog when on the backside of a play. Some guys will kind of take it off. Evan Weaver never takes it off. He is always going 100%. He always thinks he's going to get it on the tackle. And obviously with 105, he's gotten in on a bunch of them. Uh, they use him off the edge as a pass rusher sometimes. They use him on a dog, as a dog in the middle, you know, as a blitzer. Um, they kind of move him all over the field, but he can run sideline to sideline and he can cover. And so he kind of has all the tools that you need at that linebacker position. But the mentality to me is the top thing that he can, you know, that he has, that he possesses. And that, that's the, you know, the ability to think that he's going to make every single play on the field. So Monster went out the other day in the, and against Oregon State, and they brought in that freshman from Arizona at quarterback. What's going to happen, do you think? Well, I don't know. Uh, Spencer Brash is a freshman that you're talking about. He is a talented yeah. player, uh, had you know huge numbers down in Arizona. Uh, I, I'm not sure whether Monster is back this week or not. It's a day-by-day thing. Um, if he's not, then you know it's next guy up. You have to have the next man up mentality at that quarterback position. I know Spencer has all the tools to be a really good quarterback. Um, it's a tough situation to come into. Like I said, protection has not been spectacular for the Bears this year, <laughs> and especially going in against a Utah team that's so good. I mean, you, I watch Utah on film, and I think 
that they are probably the only team in the Pac-12 that has a chance to compete in the national football championship level in terms of skill, in terms of toughness, in terms of size, and in terms of tenacity. I think Utah is probably the only team from our conference this year that, that could compete at that level. And so for a freshman quarterback to step in and to play against you know that kind of football team, it makes it tough. Mike, what has Cal figured out against the Huskies these past two years? <laughs> that, that's an excellent question. Uh, this year, uh, the Huskies tried to play man up, you know, tried to go straight man. The Bears won some contested balls in that game. Uh, they really they put together two drives at the right time, uh, much like Oregon State did against Cal last week. Just two drives at the right time that helped them win it. I think the defense has performed exceptionally well uh, last three years, really, against Washington. And so I think that's been a huge part of it. Um, but they've been fortunate to put together the drives they needed to when they needed to put them together. Uh, but they do have something for Washington every time they play them, and they seem to play extremely well. I think part of it is Weaver is from Washington, and he has a chip on his shoulder every time he goes against the dogs. So going forward against the Utes, I mean, obviously you, a former Cal player, and doing the work for them, I'm sure you want them to win. We understand that. But how much of a legitimate chance do you give them of actually doing it? <laughs> well, that's an excellent question. Uh, the, you know, as I said, I have absolute respect for Utah. I think they are an exceptional college football team this year. Uh, I think what Coach Whittingham's done is – put together a really good defensive-minded team. I think the huge difference for Utah this year, when you watch them on film, is Hunley is really playing the position at quarterback. I mean, he, is, he has been really good. Zach Moss has been really good. So they have a one-two punch in a running game uh, and a quarterback that's playing at a high level. Offensively, that offensive line is really strong up front. Uh, and they have receivers. I thought receiver was one spot where Utah – uh, was not at the top of their game the last couple of years, but I think their guys right. can make plays now. And I think they're Pac-12 yeah. guys all the way. And so they, they've really made, created a fully well-rounded team. You know, I know Andy Ludwig, he used to be an offensive coordinator at Cal. He's a really good coordinator. Uh, so I think they've, they've kind of put together the whole package. So it, it would be, uh, they would have to play great defense. The Bears would have to play great defense coming in this week uh, to, to give themselves a chance and they'd have to find something if Modster's healthy, find something in the quick game uh, or find some, some, some way to move the pocket against that pass rush in Utah. Um, or if it's the freshman, then they're going to have to find a way uh, to get it done with him. But, you know, one thing about the freshman, Spencer Brash, is he gets the ball out quickly. He has a really nice release. He has good arm talent. He gets the ball out quick. So if it is him, then that gives him a chance in the quick game. It gives him a chance if they do move the pocket. Uh, you know, when you're trying to avoid pressure, you got to get the ball out quick. And so he gives them a chance there, but does the inexperience, you know, hurt him? Against a team like this, it can be tough. Mike, there's no doubt that uh, certain coaching philosophies work better some places than others. And when Cal decided to go from or, or to move on from Sonny Dykes, I found it really interesting that they went from a really unique offensive-based uh, you know, philosophy to Wilcox, who's, who's more hard-nosed defense, and we've certainly seen that impact. Is that philosophy a good fit for Cal and what that they can do at a prog- as a program? I think it can be. I, you know, I think if you have a defensive coach who's open to having, you know, great offense as well. And, and I thought, 
quite honestly, when, when Justin came in, I, I thought, and I still think, Bo Baldwin was a really good hire. Guy who had had incredible success at the FCS level with offense, an offensive-minded guy. They just haven't had the personnel on that side. When, you know, when, when Sonny left, there wasn't a single tight end on campus. He didn't run him in a system. He didn't use him. And so they didn't have one. They didn't have a fullback. And so, you know, you had to get some personnel in. Also, when Sonny took off, five receivers left the program, either academics, personal reasons, or transferred out for another school. And so there was a lot of changeover in the offensive side of the ball. The defense stayed mainly intact. And so it was easier for Justin um, and for the defensive staff to come in and have success right away. And Justin put together a phenomenal defensive staff as well. But I think it's been harder personnel-wise on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that, you know, with all the injuries this year, personnel has just been, quite honestly, a flaming dumpster fire because you're just trying to find guys to fill into those gaps. And when you have that many injuries, uh, you know, and you don't have the depth to start with, then it just it makes it incredibly difficult to be successful on the offensive side of the ball. But So kind of long answer short, I think they can have offensive success under Justin. I don't think he's just a defense-only guy. I just think they haven't had the personnel to make that happen yet. So he clearly had had some momentum since taking over for Sonny. And even this year, you know, 4-0 nationally ranked. I think at one point uh, they might have been the highest-ranked team in the conference. I don't remember that for sure. But they, they, they were, were up, up there. there. I don't know if they were the highest. Yeah. I think Oregon was still yeah. ahead of them, but they were, the, they were okay. high. So it's clear Wilcox has built some momentum. Now, this season, you look at their schedule and maybe that last game against UCLA, because Stanford is always, you never know what's going to happen there. Uh, right. You wonder where the wins are going to come from. So the season could get away from them through these injuries, as you say. Do you think it will put a blow, make a blow into their recruiting, or can he still keep the momentum going? Well, I think they've recruited really well, and they've got some really big-time commits. And so I think that they're going to continue to grow, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They've got some really talented defensive guys, and there's no reason that, that a defensive guy wouldn't want to come to Cal now. This coaching staff yeah. is truly exceptional. And so I, I think they're going to do fine on the defensive side of the ball. I think the offensive guys, the, the guys that you need to get at Cal anyway, are the guys that believe that they are going to be the difference maker. And I don't just mean that they think they're good football players. I mean – at Cal, uh, just the whole environment, you want guys who think that they are individually going to be the difference maker. And so if you recruit those kind of guys and they commit, they're going to stay with their commitments. And so it, it's, not, it's not a school where you bring in guys who kind of waffle and waver and you know, think, oh, I'll just kind of go there. You'd have to be committed to, to commit to Cal to know that you, that's where you're going. Um, and so when you have that kind of player – then you tend to keep them in the recruiting side. And if you don't keep them, then it's probably not the guy that you want in the first place because kids at Cal have to compete both you know, on the field athletically but academically as well. And so the kid who has kind of that mentality of I'm going to win at everything, that's the kid that you need to bring in. Mike, thank you very, very much as always for all the insight, and it should be a fun one up on the Hill on Saturday. Absolutely. Pleasure to talk to you guys again. I'll just throw it out there again. Any young you know parent of a young athlete or young athletes out there if you're looking to improve at your game uh, eliteathletestv.com will be launching this week so you guys should go check it out awesome thanks mike thanks gentlemen mike Pulaski, cal analyst and of course uh, former cal quarterback it's gonna be fun for you uh, why? Because I enjoy watching football? Because you enjoy watching the Utes kick the crap out of somebody. Oh, do I? Is that how the game's going to go? <laughs> oh, yes.
I don't see any other way. These guys can't score. Well, I know. Let me ask you this, because you seem to be a little bit familiar with the the third string kid, the the freshman quarterback. Because Monster has been dreadful at UCLA, and then not so good at Cal either. Would it actually be better for them if the freshman started? I can't answer that for sure. Yeah, I don't know that if you go with that logic, how could he be worse? I think that's what you're saying. A little bit, yeah. Uh, I wonder if you just the the thing that I thought the Devils didn't do you had nothing to lose why not just throw a couple of bombs and see if your receivers can come down with a play it worked for sc (laughs) yeah that it did (laughs) right so why not just have have the quarterback roll out to get away from foto and an eye and then just try to chuck it downfield because you were going to go three and out and punt anyway if not lose yardage so if i'm cal and i'm bo baldwin the old Eastern Washington coach, who's the coordinator there, why not take some shots, man? What do you What do you have to lose? I really see no way <clears throat> that the Utes lose. I believe that they don't even need to play Tyler Huntley, and they could still win this game. Oh, I I absolutely think that too. But can I ask you a quick kind of sidebar? What That's is, why I'm here. I'm here till six. So do whatever you want, buddy. I'm the, yours. Is the Jason Shelley Drew list thing? As you've gone up to practice and talked to folks, is that is that list really? advancing his game or is that them not having as much faith in Shelly because Shelly won Pac-12 games for them last year he did I would have thought he would the Oregon game was nice was and he it deserves the lion's share of the credit for that game last year but other than that you know I I think anybody could be Colorado and then Pac-12 title game was rough his receivers didn't do him any favors but it was rough it was yeah yeah in the bowl game uh, but I don't really count the bowl game. I don't, I don't even think they should count bowl games. Those second-tier bowl games, who cares? But I, I think uh, Jason, Jason I, Shelley could I, beat Cal. But what's the deal with the with the backup QB? I think, you know, it's a new coordinator. And so Ludwig is going to play his guys. He has no loyalties. He didn't recruit any of these guys, obviously. And he has no history with any of these guys. So he decides who's going to be in there. And if List, to his credit, has worked and worked, he's been in the program longer. I think he came as a walk-on. One of uh, right. the Corner mm-hmm. Canyon coach, uh, Care, was over at Jordan, and he produces guys who throw for 5,000 yards every month practically. So I was surprised. My guess is when it comes to it, that it well, if it comes to it, hopefully it doesn't come to it, but if it does come to it, that they would go with Shelley as far as a long-term. Uh, but I don't know. Either way. They need a serious upgrade at that position. I mean, it's great that you had this good season and you won the South last year, but there's always next year and the year after. Yeah. And you got to get better at that position because these other teams, see what happens to Cal. They don't have a good quarterback backup. Their season just falls apart. At least SC, they still have a chance to win the division. Oh, yeah. They've got guys. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. And so, you know, you got to put in, look at BYU. You know, they didn't just fold up shop because they're down to their third-team guy. They actually beat an undefeated 14th-ranked team in Boise. you got to have guys. Utah has always sorely lacked in the quarterback position. They're fortunate, Tyler Huntley, and I agree with Mike, the Cal announcer, that Tyler Huntley, and I'm sure you do too, has just been sensational. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he goes down, the games still count, man. Depth is- and like Cal, their season's just blown up at 4-0. I'm not sure I see them winning again this year. Maybe that UCLA game, maybe that Stanford game, because you know Stanford's been besieged by injuries too. Every time you lose, you can't just say, "Wow, we got injured." Well, to your quarterback point, they lose Costello and they don't have. Well, they're down to their third team guy. I know now. they are, but even their second team guy wasn't struggled. Terrific. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. UCLA went up there and kicked the crap out of them. 
So, they, I mean, that's certainly been an issue with their program. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're live at Homie. Check them out, homie.com. Joining us once again is our good friend, Emily. And uh, we're saving our listeners a ton of money today. We are, yeah. We're saving them not only the money when they use us by not paying 6% in typical commissions, but we're saving them $100 off when they want to list their home by using the code THEZONE at checkout at homie.com. All right. So promo code THEZONE, and you're going to save $100 off uh, off listing. And one thing I find interesting about Homie is you guys get, you know, you get some pushback from the, the realtor world mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. And I, I mentioned that because you, you guys have taken a fresh perspective on how to do it and are trying to figure out a way or have figured out a way yeah. to do it better and do it for less money. And that's kind of what America is all about. It truly is. I mean, with technology, everything's changing. And so this is one industry that had sat the way it was forever because people were making good money off of it. But consumers were the ones who were paying that and we want the consumer to win. So we decided to use technology in their favor and save everybody money by changing it up. The cool part is we have, you know, a hundred over probably a hundred agents total and so we still, we're agents, we're brokerage, we're the number one listing brokerage, and we're constantly hiring. So agents who want to join the new way should just go to homie.com and apply for a job because we'd love them to come jump aboard our ship. Wait, hey, how many agents is now? Uh, I think huh? we're at least to at least 100 here in Arizona. So which is quite a bit of agents. But that just kind of blows my mind because it, yeah. it feels like just a, a year ago when we were doing remotes out here, that number was, was significantly smaller. Yeah. A year ago <laughs> when you guys were out here, we didn't even fill our whole office and now we're busting at the seams. I would say. We put up a wall for our title company. I mean, we're huge in a good way. It's so good to grow and expand and change the real estate world. And you mentioned uh, in, into title, homey loans, and, yep. and earlier you said you're into insurance too? We just launched insurance. How about that? This week. So yeah. Yeah, we can help with home insurance and auto and do the whole bundling and save people money there too. So we're just looking to do everything for people. Love it. Save them money along the way. Love it. Yep. All right. Go to homie.com. Use the promo code the zone and you're going to get a hundred dollars off a listing fee. So we'll yeah. save you even more money. Perfect. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, Emily. Thank you. All right. More of the big show coming up next. PK filling in for Gordo 97.5 and 1280 the zone. This is DJ and PK. Jeff Grimes, BYU Offensive Coordinator. So I'm wondering how you recapture that form of desperation that you had against Boise when you play Utah State. I think our players will be motivated to play that game. And college football is funny. The team that is most inspired to play often wins, sometimes even when they shouldn't on game day. And my goal, and I know Kalani's goal, is to create a team that shows up every Saturday hungry to win. But we're not quite there yet. I think this next game in Logan will be a great opportunity, a great test for us to show that we've matured enough to put two big games back-to-back. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I just was, you know, I thought it was a class act on him, a class move on him to apologize. I got no take on the rest of the stuff. I mean, I don't ever want to get into that. It was a physical game, hard-fought game. I'm not going to whine about anything or complain about anything. It was just a, a good physical game. Both teams knew it was going to be physical. It was physical out in the yard here last year, and it was physical again up there, you know, and, and both teams were kind of going at it. And I get that part, but it comes a part we got to leave it alone. Now let it go. They always catch the second guy. It never changes in football. They always catch the second guy. 
They just do. When you give a guy a business, okay, you gotta be okay. But you give him the business, and they, you know, they, that's what happens. That's football. I mean, I know I played the position. I played corner. You think I didn't talk? Three receivers. Come on. Love it. Herm Edwards, Kyle Whittingham, welcome on back. Live at Homie, it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Gordo, not feeling so well today. PK, kind enough to uh, step up to the plate and sit in. We've been talking about this fan controversy. A Ute fan, A.J. Proctor, uh, direct message to some pretty nasty stuff to an Arizona State player. Uh, that Arizona State player figured out who he was, published the direct message. Uh, Mark Harlan reacted to it, condemning it, and uh, it's kind of gone on from there. But now A.J. Proctor, uh, PK, has released a statement. Any interest in, in hearing said statement, or will it not make a difference to you? I'm always willing to give people the benefit of the doubt because I need forgiveness in my life. If I didn't have forgiveness, man, I'd be in a world of hurt. Uh, here's what he had to say. He says, Dear Evan, I want to publicly offer you, your family, the Arizona State and Utah football teams, and quite honestly, everyone, an apology for completely inappropriate message that I sent to you via Twitter on Sunday, October 20th, 2019. I'm ashamed for my behavior and do not feel that it was appropriate in any way. I will also accept the consequences of my actions. I let emo- uh, the emotions of an athletic event bring out the worst in me. I will never be able to undo that message, but I hope others will see this incredible mistake and know that social media should never be a tool for sending negative messages. We should be focused on building each other up. I clearly did not understand that about social media, but I hope others will see this incredible mistake and know that social media should should never be a tool for sending negative messages. We should be focused on building each other up. I clearly did not understand. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I've already begun seeking help to learn to better control my emotions and understand the impact of those emotions on my behavior i wish you the best going forward i wish you and the arizona state football program continued success in all you do sincerely aj proctor aside from my double teleprompter there for a second what'd you think fine i can't look into someone's soul and see the level of sincerity there i'm gonna leave that up to god is he back tomorrow by the way gordon i hope he feels better The Almighty was was struck ill today. Was struck ill today, and we'll see if uh, we'll see if he is back tomorrow. And, and hopefully, this brings you know somewhat of a, a conclusion to this issue. But the reason I'm glad we're talking about it is because I think there are a lot of folks out there that do let their emotions um, get the best of them. And and Twitter is a negative place. There's good, you you can't come out and say you know I will not send anything negative out on Twitter. I mean that's uh, that's not realistic. But I I do think that what he said went well beyond a negative tweet or a negative direct message. I mean it was it was almost threatening, which is not uh, okay. yeah yeah. I mean if he's not in the same state, so. I don't think he's going to be any charges on it, but I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand. Over a college kid, maybe a pro, because they're full fledged adults. Oh, but, that uh, language was <laughs> even way too aggressive for that. I agree, but that's why I said maybe I might contemplate sending it to a pro, but never a college player. This, it just, but I'm I'm different in that way. Sports are for fun. We have winning and losing every day. I don't get caught up in winning and losing. I know it's hard for fans to understand that, but if you've been in the business for this long, you'll hear almost universally guys like you and me being in the business say you root for people, you don't root for teams uh, because it's just the way it is. Uh, 
So although Gordon doesn't do it, I know he likes to pretend that he's different that way. No, but the point is, is it's work. It makes it. I have a difficult yeah. time explaining that to people. Sometimes is yeah. is when it becomes your job, your your approach to it, your feelings about it, it it, it completely changes. Right. I'm a I'm a far different sports fan now than I was when I was 16 or 17 because it just. I mean. It's like going into work with something you love. There's there's almost a downside to it too because it changes it. Uh, not and for it, me though. Well, I'm not saying that I don't love uh. sports, but the way I view sports is so much different now than it used to be. But that that's not the point either. I I at least we interact with fans enough to to understand the passion. And I love their passion. And and, and I do too. And I get you it. Just don't carry it too far. He carried it too far. It can't go too far. You he can't. You can't do that. Yeah, I can recall a couple of years back that uh, big game with Washington. That was at Rice Eccles, and the Utes got the ball at the end, and they were going to the north end zone, and. They were trying to get the winning score, and, you know, they needed that game, and they lost that game, right? They had the punt return, Washington, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so the ball flies incomplete in the end zone, and some of the Washington players were, like, gyrating and making noise to the crowd. And so I'm on that sideline, and I look up, and I see guys in their 40s and 50s coming down from the stands to the railing, flipping off the Washington players thinking you're too old for that. Are you an adult? Go home. (laughs) (laughs) Your team lost a football game. Go home. That's it. And, and I can, I still have a vision in my mind of these adults flipping off. Should the, should the college kids have just gone over and shook hands? Yeah, but they didn't. So they made some motions and showed some emotion towards the crowd in the north end zone over on the northeast corner. And I can, I can still see guys coming down in the aisles to flip off the Washington guys. If you're over 30 and you do anything of that sort to a college player, you are screwed up. Oh, I think you could even maybe bump the bar lower than 30 a little bit. Nah, I want, I want to be... Give them the benefit of the doubt. Because when you're in your 20s, you still think you're young. Even though you're 10 years older than a lot of these kids and they look at you, if they're 19 and you're 28, you're you might as well, yeah. <laughs> you don't think you are, but, you but are. they think you are. <laughs> yeah. Think back to when you were 19 or 20. If there was a 30-year-old, man, that was way old. Yeah. But when you're 30, you still think, yeah, man, I got it going on. I can hang around with a 22-year-old. You know what I mean? I'm. These are my peers. It's, a, it's hard for the sports fan to accept no, now a second. Wait a second. You're much older than these kids you cheer for. Right. You've uh, got kids of your own yeah. and careers in theory. But I the mean, good thing is, so many of these folks have it in perspective. So it's just a few. And all you guys on Twitter who are tweeting at me, I'm not going to say your name like I did Jeff Dart. So you can stop it. And, and, and what are folks begging for attention? Oh over yeah, there? they're coming yeah, at yeah. me. They're oh, coming they? at me because I mentioned Jeff uh-huh. and how I had a a tweet exchange through direct messages with him earlier today. And we had a very good conversation and I don't normally do that. And now these guys, they want their names mentioned, but I ain't doing it. So you're going to live your anonymous, pathetic life. Wow. Straight fire coming from our boy PK. I like to look at a straight truth, straight truth. I see what you're doing. You, uh, I'm not from Utah. In all honesty, I got a little street sense here. You, you call me worse pretty much every time we do a show together. But not today, because I was told to be nice, you idiot. (laughs) Gordon texted me at 105, 108 this morning, or this afternoon, and uh, he said, be nice. 
Well, okay, be nice. You what, you don't need to throw in you idiot. You know, you say that you is can, me being you, nice. You, 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have the not sports port coming up oh, next. A little breaking news there. Austin Facer brought it up. Uh, Marvin Bagley is going to be out four to six weeks, or maybe you. I don't know. You brought it up, Jake. Uh, you can give Bert the credit. Four to. Why do we call him Bert? I don't know. I just uh, we we needed to distinguish between the Austins, so I created uh, a new name for Austin Facer. Facer. Uh huh. We can call him Dirk's kid if you want. And then, uh, but H- Horton but- is Horte. That's what we're going for Austin Horte. now? Horte? Yeah. yeah. Horte. I love it. <laughs> but obviously the Jazz play the Kings coming up on Saturday, and Bagley is a nice emerging player for those Kings. They got worked last night in Phoenix. And then, of course, they'll play the Clippers a couple of times without Paul George, so there's a couple it's all br- of – Man, things are breaking right for them. A couple of breaks for the Jazz. <laughs> Although I'm sure you watched the Clipper-Laker game the other night. That was, I, I thought did. the Clippers were very impressive, even without Paul George. For sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think the Lakers might be a little overrated, but that's another story. But I'm with you on that one, actually. I think they might be a little overrated, too. I'm, not, I'm certainly not sold on it yet. No. They don't have any guards. I mean, well, if, Rondo's out and Kuzma's out, so if those guys get back, well, they will get back, but not that Rondo's a big shooter yeah, by I was any stretch. Say, yeah. He's a nice playmaker. He's not going to be – he makes rookie Ricky Rubio look like Jerry West. You know what I am looking forward to watching this is how LeBron handles the fact that he has to – uh, he has to not just acquiesce a little bit to Anthony Davis, but actually kiss his butt because this is Anthony Davis' contract year, and he oh, actually could he actually could leave. And so I get a kick out of all this stuff coming from LeBron's, like, oh, he's going to defer to Anthony Davis, and so he's, he's going to be the point guard, and this is going to be Anthony's team, and all this. So stuff. he's got underlying motivation, which he's never had to do in his entire career. LeBron has just walked around like, hey, he's you've got to kiss the ring, yeah, 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 yeah. or it's yeah, yeah. going to be bad news yeah. for oh, you. Good point. Good he's, point. He's, his entire career, he's done that. Yeah, and then this year, it has to be all. Oh, this is Anthony Davis's team. <laughs> You're oh, questioning I'm be the sincere, point sin- oh, sincerity of, of LeBron James. Of course I am. Because You're just telling him to shut up and dribble. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just calling out the ridiculousness okay. uh, of it all. I can see your point. I bet you LeBron, if he had to, to, to rewind it, he might have considered shutting up and dribbling after how bad he looked after the this fiasco with China. You just go after stuff that doesn't involve your money, and you're okay. Which is such a good look. I, I would do such it. Such a good look for everybody. I can't criticize him. I would do it. And Mike Pence went after the NBA today. Did he really? I did oh, not see hardcore. that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he did. It's out there. It All right. We'll have uh, more coming up next. We'll get to your Not Sports Report. We're live from Homie. Remember, if you log on to Homie.com and use the promo code THEZONE, they're going to give you $100 off your listing fees. So save a little extra money on top of all the money that uh, they save you here at Homie. So check it out. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Paul Benedict will give up his position at the end of the Catholic Church on uh, February 28th. Uh, the Vatican says that he's resigning because of advanced age. And uh, the Vatican says he is resigning because, as I mentioned, advanced age. 
Uh, here's what he had to say. He says, Dear Evan, social media should never be a tool for sending negative messages. We should be focused on building each other up. I clearly did not understand that about social media, but I hope others will see this incredible mistake and know that social media should, should never be a tool for sending negative messages. We should be focused on building each other up. I clearly did not understand. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I've already begun seeking help to learn to better control my emotions and understand the impact of those emotions on my behavior. I wish you the best going forward. I wish you and the Arizona State football program continued success in all you do. Sincerely, A.J. Proctor. A semi-crash spilling fuel all over I-80. Troopers say the semi pulling a flatbed trailer drifted off the road and hit a barrier near milepost 131. Several hundred gallons of diesel fuel spilled across the westbound travel lanes. The driver was taken to the hospital with minor injuries. A detour put in place helped drivers get past that spill. The semi-crash also on I-80 closed traffic in Parley's Canyon for several hours. Troopers say the driver of the semi drifted and hit a barrier, causing several hundred gallons of diesel fuel to spill across the westbound travel lanes. The driver went to the hospital for minor injuries, and uh, it took... Did we just do the story twice? Aside from my double teleprompter there for a second, what'd you think? Not funny, Austin. Not funny. It was hilarious, actually. I'm already playing defense from PK. Not today, funny, Austin. Not, oh, wait, we already said that. Oh, boo. All right, this one's for you, Austin. We want to remind you about our friends at Syringa, Verizon XO customers. If you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks, Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call today, 385-420-8221. That number again, 385-420-8221 at Syringa Networks. Uh, Gordon, not here today, so the Not Sports Report, I'm sure, won't be uh, near is entertaining but we will do our best uh it's brought to you by the lhm used car supermarket over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory shop online at lhmusedcars.com i actually pk thought it would be a fun opportunity to uh, give a little pub to the movie zone which is going down tonight following doc talk at seven o'clock with uh, austin horton and adrian Lizer, the off imitated but uh, oh i see what you did there movie zone taking uh, a shot Austin, give us uh, give call us a, me later. Give us a quick preview yeah. of the of the show, and then uh, I want to weigh in on the poll question. So the movie's on 1.0, like you said, it'll be on at seven o'clock uh, tonight, as it is every <laughs> Thursday and has been for almost three years. Uh, and oh, today, I see what you did there, we'll be, Austin. Uh, I see. We'll be talking a lot with Jeff Whipple, vice president of marketing, advertising, and operations there at Megaplex, about the winter schedule, the Star Wars stuff, all the big stuff coming down the pipeline, but also the poll question: Name us a guilty pleasure movie a movie you like that you probably shouldn't like as much as you do okay pk a guilty pleasure movie i, th- I feel like this will be an insight into pk i'd say the ten commandments <laughs> good <laughs> answer that's it a guilty pleasure movie <laughs> yeah, i don't keep any of them <laughs> which of the commandments do you struggle with brother pk all 12. All 12. Every, every single one of them. They even created two special ones just for PK. Now that my mother and father are gone, I honor them a lot. I like him. In fact, uh, I lost my father uh, six years ago tomorrow. Oh, really? So I honor him. All right. Probably didn't do as good enough job as I should have when they were alive. But the, but the Ten Commandments. It. Oh, the, the crap that my neighbors have, the boats and whatnot, I covet the crap out of them. 
Heck yes. You got something I want, I don't have it, I covet it. Uh, Austin, was that the most unique answer? That was one that we have not received yet, yes. You got? Okay, all right. I'm trying to think of a good one for me. I don't know if I could, if I've got a really good answer. Would you Would you say Weekend at Bernie's? That's the only thing I can come. I love that. Yeah, movie. but a lot of people like that movie, right? Weekend this- at Bernie's. Now that was in the Caribbean, right? Uh-huh. At a hotel, and BYU went down to the Caribbean, and we stayed at that hotel. Where Did you really film that movie? Yes. Underrated bit of acting for that Bernie. No, could have been an easy role. Uh, he was a stiff. Uh. <laughs> uh, give us a, a couple of popular ones, Austin. What's come in on it? Uh, Pitch Perfect has shown up quite a bit uh, on, on the perfect. on the replies there. Uh, mine, by, mine is the pacifier with Vin Diesel, where he's like a CIA operative, but he gets assigned to babysit some high end guys' kids for a week, and people attack. It's really, really, really bad. Uh, National Treasure. People are saying National Treasure. Those are really? bad. I hate, that. Hated that movie. How about like uh, what, what's the what's the one with Sandra Bullock? Uh, and she's in Chicago, and the guy has amnesia or something. How you were sleeping? Why you were sleeping? That's a great you know? movie. Oh come on! My it- wife watches that. If I watch The Godfather, which I've seen five thousand times, she pitches a fit. But she watches while you're sleeping every freaking time it comes out. How about when the kids throw in the paper and just eat it right there on the sidewalk? It's a dumb movie. All right, so catch okay. the movie zone. But I mean, it's it is, no Charlton it is Heston. Sandra Bullock. Coming up after Doc Talk with Hans Olsen today. The Ten Commandments. Uh, Emily joins I us now. I think they should knock down. And Emily, don't you think? Shouldn't they knock them down, you know, in this day and age? Give us you, Homie, you give got people a good rate. Shouldn't they do that with the Ten Commandments, maybe like the Seven Commandments? <laughs> yeah, we'll work on those next. Yeah. First, we're trying to knock out commissions, good rates on loans. Next is the Ten Commandments. We'll yeah, exactly. knock out a few See, of those. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know which ones we're going to get rid of, but... But there's we'll, nothing homie we'll can't do, basically. It. Yeah, there's like, nothing we can't do. We well, can we knock can out a few dance a couple of, yeah. couple of them. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few we could combine. You, yeah. you want to weigh in on the guilty pleasures, the poll oh, question? Uh, the sad part is a lot of the movies that were named I actually like. So <laughs> okay, so I'm probably a... not a good... I mean, guilty pleasure, I'm a big Godfather fan, so we'd get along. Like, I really love that one, but it's not a guilty pleasure. No, that so is it's just good. Movie. Don't ever go against um, the family, Emily. I, I won't. I won't. I promise. Okay. Uh, Twilight's probably a guilty... Because it's terrible, but... But you were hooked. But that's I'm a hooked. good answer. Yeah. Good Mama answer. Mia. Yep. That's mine, yeah. Oh, Mama Mia. That's <laughs> See, I, I like Mama Mia the play, <laughs> but I did not care for the movie. Although the sequel was better than the first one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, no, it's yeah. not. Queen. Oh, you're a dancing queen. I don't even think. Did Are you, you a dancer? Uh, no, well, you're certainly a queen. Oh, hey now, hey now, Patrick. Oh, PK. We try to have a little good. fun. Oh, and he PK takes it too far. He takes it too far. He, he ruins everything. You laughed. I don't want to I hear did. it. So. I did. I didn't say it. I'm offended. I just I like. It. I like I'm offended. Good. I'm so even offended. better. <laughs> All right, uh, we're here at Homie. Check them out. Homie.com. And you've got a promo code going for our listeners today. We do, yeah. We'll save you an extra $100 off if you use the code THEZONE when you check out to sign up to do a listing. And that's because doing a listing is usually just, what, a flat $1,500, bucks, it's right? It's flat 1500 You pay $199 up front and then $1,299 when you close. And so we're knocking $100 off that $199 up front. So and savings on top of savings. I'm just taking a, a shot in the dark here, but I'm guessing that that flat fee is significantly less than the percentage out it's there. It's way for- less. Usually you're going to pay typically 3% just to your listing agent. 
and we're doing just a flat fee of fifteen hundred. That's so amazing. It's, I mean, our average seller saves ten thousand dollars. And then buying a home, you can save money too, and and that money can go to closing costs or whatever. But up to five grand, right? Yeah, we give you up to five grand when you use us for closing, and that's just as easy. You go to homey.com. We have every house that's for sale. You just click request a tour and take a no pressure tour from one of our awesome buyers agents. And we haven't even mentioned the the homey title and homey loans, yeah. and you guys are doing insurance now. I mean, you're you're really just streamlining the whole process. We're taking over the world. Awesome. One real estate process at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Homie.com, promo code the zone. Save a hundred bucks off that listing price. Emily, thank you so much. Thank you. You're a king, not a queen. Oh, so there you go. You You're welcome. I, I do appreciate that. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we'll let you hear sound from Jazz Practice. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 the zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. BYU fans, they got sick of hearing me say extend Kalani. After the USC win, I was vocal. After the Tennessee win, I was vocal. You know, the South Florida and Toledo losses. Those are ugly losses. There's no question about it. They're hideous. But this win against a 14-ranked Boise State team, it demands a little bit of conversation. Now you've got to win over two top 25 teams. Got to win against an SEC team. I look at this game the same way I looked at the Stanford game for Utah. Kyle Whittingham up at the podium, and they ask him, what kind of a win does this mean for the program? And he said, unless we add on to it and we build from it, it means nothing. A loss to Liberty, a loss to UMass, even a loss to Utah State in two weeks. And it kind of just takes a Sharpie marker right through that win. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.